1: Welcome to the show. Oh, man, New York. This Back is so
0: good, man. So good to have you. Like, you know, like, like sports stars always have, like, such a crazy schedule. It's so hard to get you on the show. Thank you for being here. You're a superstar. And congratulations, selected for the All-Star Game
1: Thank again you. this weekend in Tampa. You excited? I'm extremely excited uh, to be captain two years in a row. I'm just very happy to be able to represent the city of Nashville again. And, uh... I'm just, uh, I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped to be an All-Star again. You, you have such a wild story.
0: I mean, I know, I didn't know much about your story before, you know, you were coming on the show. I knew about you as a player, but your story is one that really excites me. You got into hockey uh, in Canada, in Montreal. But uh, <laughs> someone likes hockey or Canada or both. Um, <laughs> but what was really amazing to me is that your dad gets you into the game and you come from a Jamaican family. And for me, like, Jamaica and ice hockey.
1: No, they don't. They don't mix. No, no. Like how, why would your dad go like hockey? You know what? It's, it's a good question because, you know, my dad moved from Jamaica when he was 12 years old. And um, that's where he grew up till he was 12, moved to Sudbury, Ontario, where he learned about the Sudbury Wolves. and. He grew up in a French neighborhood. That's why me going to the Montreal Canadiens was such a big thing in my family because my dad grew up in a a French neighborhood, and uh, that's where he learned about hockey for the first time, and uh, that was the first time he saw snow, you know, 12 years old. So um, growing up in in Sudbury, uh, you know, watching the Montreal Canadiens, everybody was French, so he saw the kids playing in the neighborhood, and that's when he started to watch hockey and used to watch the Sudbury Wolves play.
0: Right, and you you went on to play for the Montreal Canadiens, which is not a very creative name, but um, <laughs> I mean, it's very literal. Uh, <laughs> and, and you didn't just go on to play for them, man. They love you out there so much. I mean,
1: you played for the team. You loved the team. Was that probably your biggest life ambition? Oh, man, just, you know, it was a dream as a kid. You know, you wanted to play in at hockey and it wasn't really until later on in my life where I knew it could be really a job. I just wanted to be like the guys on TV, right. you know, and uh, whether it was playing in the backyard and every, I gotta give my, I have the best parents in the world, you know, my my dad putting in backyard rinks, you know, every year and, and I, I give him credit for that because my mom used to give him, you know, crap all the time because the hydro bills would be so high. Right, for All right, the water yeah. that he'd be using to make the backyard rinks, but he stuck to the plan and both of my parents together did made so many sacrifices just to give me the opportunity to play hockey. And never once did they ever mention the NHL, you know, for any of us, all three of us. Um, It just so happened that they gave us the opportunity to play, and we got better, and then it became an opportunity to to make it a living, and, and we just chased our dreams. And now, you know, myself and Malcolm are playing in the NHL, and we're working on getting Jordan there hopefully soon. That's amazing, yourself and your brothers all playing the same sport,
0: all at a high level. I think what touches me about your story is not just that you're successful, it's that in many ways you mimic what your dad did for you and it was selfless. You donated $10 million to a children's hospital. Did you like add a zero by mistake?
1: I've done that. (laughs) Because I've done, you can tell me. You know, I get I get that question a lot because it's one thing to donate and give back it's another reason of of to think another way to look at it is why 10 million dollars you know and I think it comes down to everybody has their own personal life experiences. Um, You know, uh, you know, I went to Haiti with World Vision a year after when I was, I would have been 19 years old, 20 years old at the yeah. time. And I'm not from Haiti, I'm not Haitian, but I had an opportunity to go with World Vision at the time. And I went for three days and it was a life-changing experience for me. But that wasn't it. I came back and I got to know uh, a little boy named Alex Shapiro through my old... uh a minor hockey coach and still close friend and family friend martin ross and he coached him and um got to know alex very very closely and his parents and his family and uh, was actually in touch with him until liter- literally his last moment- moments before he passed away and um you know for me that made me want to to give back um in a different way and really have a significant impact and not just give back you know where everyone could say wow that's great but give back where i could actually make a difference right. and uh, when i was presented the opportunity to do something like this with the 10 million dollar donation and to the hospital in montreal i i didn't even think twice about it um they came down the 401 to my house in nobleton ontario and they presented it to me and um i signed the papers right there and it was the perfect situation for me and to this point we've helped over probably ten thousand families and raised millions of dollars so i'm very very happy about that that's a phenomenal <laughs>
0: You not only have love for Montreal, but you, you went through a trying time where you were unexpectedly traded from Montreal through to Nashville, to the Nashville Predators. And Montreal was your love. Montreal still is your heart. And you moved on to Nashville, and you always promised the people of Montreal that you would take the team to the Stanley Cup. And then after you were traded, you then took the Nashville Predators and you are part of the team that went to the Stanley Cup. Was that... One of the most bittersweet moments you
1: experienced as a human being. Uh, The bitter part about it is that we we didn't win. (laughs) 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 I didn't (laughs) want. Oh, but you know it was it was a tremendous experience and i I have to speak about my teammates because you know i wouldn't have an opportunity to be in this position and and to be an all-star uh without them and and they've worked i've never played with a greater group of guys than we have right now in that locker room and um, I've never wanted to win so badly in my career because I think that everybody in that locker room deserves it. But they've they've given me every opportunity to be successful. But we've given each other that opportunity, and I think that's why we ended up in the Cup final last year. But what sucked about it was, yeah, we didn't win, and I didn't get an opportunity. That's all I could think about. Right. Was when we got to that conference and we won the Western Conference Finals. I'm like, man, I'm gonna have a chance to bring the Cup back to that hospital. Right. Like, right. Right. And those kids, and you know, because I remember their faces and how upset that they were when I was traded, and I'm like, man, I got an opportunity to bring that cup back, that's gonna be awesome, and then we lost, and you know, it sucked, but we have an opportunity to do it this year, so. You, you, yeah, you have, you have many opportunities, and
0: it's not just in the field of sports. I think what's really, uh, I think, inspiring about your story is how you find opportunities to help others, because it's not just the kids in Montreal. Tell us a little bit about the program that you started in Nashville, where you get policemen to hang out and spend time with young, uh,
1: previously disadvantaged or disadvantaged youths. You know what? And it's it's so important. One of my best friends is a cop and was actually just recently retired. Chris O'Sullivan was a cop in Boston. And, uh, you know, Chris has comes from a family of 12 brothers and sisters, used to play professional hockey, but has become one of my closest friends over the years, and we know how much there's been talk about in sports, especially with police officers, and, and players have chosen to deal with it differently. I think that I was faced with a lot of questions coming out of training camp, and, you know, for me, I always look at everything and how can I make this a positive situation? Right. And, um, I looked at it and I remember us having a meeting as a team before the season started talking about you know how we were going to handle it and I you know I, I remember being up front I said listen guys I want to attack this in a way that is positive for the team and for the community and um, listen also my, my best friend had an influence on me as well and um, you know I know what he's done for so many people and his friends have done and um, I know that in the community of Nashville I wasn't going to have the opportunity maybe to donate 10 million dollars to him again right. but maybe do something that was just impactful in, in a different way and starting this program has been uh, it's been amazing it's had the, the same impact that you know what my foundation has had in Montreal in, in a little bit of a different way and the kids I mean I, I wish you could be there to see the look on the kids faces when it's their first time going to a hockey game their first time pretty much doing anything that really they can think of in a positive way and to have to have police officers there to, to do it with them it's, it's right. just been great
0: so so you have
1: these kids who meet up with a police
0: officer, they come to the game, you get them tickets, you, you buy them dinner, they hang out together. I, I, I would like to understand why you thought that that would be something you'd want to do. Everyone tackles it in a different way, but why that, why the kids with the police officers?
1: Well, first of all, I think that I have, like I said, friends that work in law enforcement and I think that we need to celebrate the good that they do as well. And I think that the children for these kids that are underprivileged that don't get an opportunity to go to a game, you know, why not? I know that I have the opportunity to purchase four tickets to a home game 41 times. Um, who sits in those seats, that's up to me. And I chose to have two underprivileged children that don't have the opportunity, and two police officers that have the opportunity now to mingle with underprivileged kids who maybe have only ever seen cops in a bad light. But now, they're at a Preds game, which they've never been to. They get to eat some great food, right, in the Patron Lounge. That's a shout-out to Patron. They don't sponsor me, but I know that's where they get the food. (laughs) Uh, they get they get some great dinner, and they get to meet the players after the game, and they get to meet me. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but they get to meet me, and, and it's celebratory. And I think the biggest thing that I've taken from this program so far was an email that I got from one of the officers who took it upon himself to stay in touch with the the child after the game and right. said, I'm going to stay in touch with this kid. We're going to go to many more games because I got season tickets and right, so on and right, so right. forth. We have the email, and it was one of the best things. It was the best feeling that I've ever had since the program started, because right. that's what it's all about. So it's all about building bridges, and I think that that's what this program has done.
0: You're an, uh, you're an amazing man, man. Thank you so much for being on the show. Nice. The Good luck for the All-Star next Nanny Cup. NHL All-Star Weekend is in Tampa, and the All-Star Game airs January 28th on NBC. P.K. Subban, everybody.